0: Hi everyone, welcome to Luxury Voices, the podcast about the luxury world in Asia with a focus on the greater China market. I am Joanne Tang, your host, founder and CEO of Infinite Luxury Group. In this podcast, we converse about all layers and segments of luxury, from lifestyle, travel, to hospitality trends. I will interview key players of the luxury industry from all corners of the globe. We will talk about their initiatives and experiences in conquering the Asian luxury consumer. Discover how leading luxury executives handle this growing market, where luxury spending is the highest in the world, and gain a wealth of knowledge to harness this ever-promising luxury market. Travis Shin started his career in Visit Britain in 2003 and was the country manager of China at Visit Britain since 2008. He became interim regional director and executive director in the region in 2017. Now as head of China and Northeast Asia, he leads a regional team across a wide range of B2B and B2C activities designed to promote Britain as number one destination in Europe. In 2019, China became the second most valuable inbound market for the UK. Travis, it is a great pleasure to have you here on Luxury Voices. Before we start the core of our conversation, what does the word luxury mean to you?
1: Thank you very much, Joanne, uh, for the opportunity. I'm delighted to be able to uh, speak to your listeners of your podcast to share some of my views. So luxury, I think to me, it means premium quality, exclusivity, customized services that provide ultimate customer satisfaction. It means different things, obviously in different sectors and different things to different people. most likely if you are not in the tourism industry, it means luxurious goods. In many industries and sectors but in the world of tourism i think this probably means more about services and experiences and they often very much associated with a price tag but not always i think it would obviously means five star hotel experience or maybe five star plus it is also but it's so much more than just that and especially in the context of travel i think uh, most likely it will be a journey of a lifetime, which is going to be very, very precious. And I also think to many people, luxury would be something very personal. I think a lot of the service providers will say they provide bespoke service that shows how important personalization, customization, how important these aspects are to luxury, if we were to push that. Also, I think this can be something very unique, very difficult to repeat, and also, I mean, to different people, luxury can really mean very, very different things. You know, we talk about a whole diversity of experiences and many could be uh, money can't buy experiences, but very, very rewarding. And I think many of the luxurious experience can mean something quite profound in terms of level of satisfaction. And, you know, such as things like memories or stories. And also I think a lot of people would want to travel and hopefully the luxurious experience will be able to bring about self-actualization self-improvement and enrichment especially i think a lot of the chinese travelers would like to improve themselves all along especially during travel which which is a fantastic way to broaden our minds and widen our perspective so i think it's a it's a life enriching experience in many ways
0: Thank you for sharing. You have been based in Shanghai and with Visit Britain for nearly 18 years now. You have seen many changes in the China tourism in that time, though probably nothing that looks like what we've experienced in the last 20 months of this pandemic. Has this been the most challenging time for you and Visit Britain since the
1: office has been opened? Yes, this has been really, really challenging. I think everyone in the industry, especially in the outbound or international travel industry, would probably agree. Pandemic has, has been such a huge force of interference, of intervention to everyone in the travel and tourism business. And, you know, at almost an unprecedented kind of level, I think the scale of it, the immensity of it, and then now if we look at the uh, the whole history of the pandemic the lens of the pandemic has been a real big blow to the entire industry so i think we are all trying to work out how we're going to grow out of this and you know to rebuild our industry especially the international travel which is very much restricted in many parts of the world as we speak now and you know i think one thing you know really sticking out as i said during our prior conversation was the uncertainty around the uh, pandemic and, and also the effect is still unfolding. I think you know we are, various markets are now at varied stages of recovery. Some are more ready to travel than the others. Mm-hmm. So as marketeers, as the uh, industry players, I think we have to remain quite observant to uh, continue to monitor the, the situation and its development and also, I think it, that's where we will require to be patient, to, to keep our faith, to stay positive, and you know, hopefully we'll persevere through this. And this is also where we want to apply flexibility. I think a lot of the time, when we say this is a very challenging environment and circumstance, I think um, probably this is a time for us all to go back to the basics, so to really, you know, kind of better analyse the situation in which we all live. And if we can really help ourselves to crystallise our vision, the ultimate reason why we exist as companies, as entities, as enterprises, I think um, we will be able to find a way to refocus and reprioritize, And then there will be areas for us to stop, to start and to continue and to try things differently. And I think if on the flip side, I always say to my friends and colleagues, it is also a very stimulating and thought-provoking period of time, because this is time to innovate. And, you know, this is not saying that we haven't been innovating or trying to be novel in the past, but certainly the difficult situation, the, uh, the pandemic itself has brought about a massive opportunity for us to innovate and to try things differently, and to test and to learn.
0: Yes, some very uh, important keywords you just mentioned. Staying positive, refocus, innovation, just to name a few. Visit Britain China Office has been established for over a decade. It shows an early commitment to develop the market and a strong belief in the future of the Chinese outbound travel to Britain. You and I caught up a few months ago and you shared with me that you and your team have not been sitting still during COVID. What has been your key focus in the last 12 months to ensure the local tourism trade partners and potential Chinese tourists are being excited to travel to Britain?
1: So with the travel restrictions still very much in application, I think uh, the outbound travel from China, at least for leisure purpose, for now is still very much impossible we have however we have to continue to engage with our key audience we can't afford a radio silence i know a lot of ntos are out there trying their very best and we are doing nothing less because we want to keep our fair share of the voice in the market the reason why, why we want to do that is we all want to you know on a collective basis sowing the seeds for future travel so we noticed that there are immense pent-up demand exists in the market, especially in China, I think more positive than many other countries that we've run research in. So when the time is right, we will unlock this market as quickly as we hope we can. So basically we need to get ready and continue to engage our audience. And at this moment, when the conversion is less likely to happen, we focus our efforts on storytelling Mm -hmm. We continue to churn out stories, uh, inspirational stories and reasons for people to come to the UK when the time is right. There are so many stories that we can tell. I mean, UK has so much to offer Mm -hmm. in in terms of history, heritage, culture, arts, you you name it, and all the ongoing happenings. There are so many things that we can tell you uh, about Britain there are so many reasons that you should vid- come and visit us the first opportunity that you have so we focus our efforts on pretty much own channel activities so you will see us quite active on social networks such as weibo Wei TikTok, little red book these kind of social platforms mm-hmm. and we also work with our partners in the embassy like the british, british council for for instance on cultural exchanges and education-related activities, a lot of promotion uh, will be towards students and their families, and potentially uh, the future travellers as well. So we try our best to engage the audience during the most challenging time.
0: Yes, and what is the general feeling from the market in terms of future travel to Britain?
1: I think there are a lot of connections. For instance, I talked about students. Many of the students Mm -hmm. are already travelled to the UK, they are now preparing to start the study. And, mm-hmm. You know, so the connection is there, and many of their family members would like to pay them a visit when the time is right. And also, as you know, in the UK right now, uh, the domestic travel is already opened, mm-hmm. so we made it a lot easier. So people are able to travel within Britain. So that applies to the student, to the Chinese students who are studying there in the UK. So we can pretty much target these people, target the Chinese students in the UK as if they are domestic audience to us. So, I mean, the UK, you know, kind of domestic travel is already opened. So we want people to enjoy themselves while they are there. So I think because the connection is there, there are so much reminders, you know, in people's mind that UK will always come to mind when they talk about overseas study Or potentially overseas travel so Mm -hmm. and then a lot of people would have been to the uk in the past and so a part of the activity or efforts in the market that we organize ourselves with is to remind people what happened in the past but you know we are very keen to have you back when the time is right so it's to really to stimulate those sentiments and the connection between people
0: Mm -hmm. Travis, you are also responsible for Japan and South Korea. Those markets are quite different to China. How different is your current strategy and activities right now?
1: Yeah, China, South Korea, Japan, three very different markets. For instance, Japan is probably the most risk averse market amongst the three. So it's still very early days. Trying to encourage people to travel internationally, not to mention UK. So it's um, still very early days, and that's why we want to uh, organize ourselves better to position UK as a safe destination to reassure people the welcome and all the necessary procedures and ways to ensure health and safety while travel. So that's the main message. For South Korea, a lot easy a lot easier now, especially since 10 days ago, I think uh, UK issued this new travel policy. So in effect, South Korean travellers, as long as they are fully vaccinated, they will be allowed into the UK without quarantine. And they Hmm. don't need to go through quarantine going back to South Korea after the journey. So pretty much to the South Korean travellers, the market is now ready to travel. So that means we will work with the travel trade, the airline in the uh, uh, South Korea market, even more. So basically to realize the pent-up demand that are already in the market. In China, I think, uh, you know, the Chinese government is very strict about uh, international travel and the quarantine are exercised to the max because we adopt a zero tolerance policy. So it is very uncertain when the market might be ready to travel. So, we will continue to focus our efforts on the inspirational piece, as I said, lots of stories, a lot of connections between the two countries. So we will continue to talk about Britain, to remind people of Britain, to refresh the memories and to to tell stories of the future, to basically prepare the, the travel industry when the time is right. So come up with the new ideas and new products, making sure all the right products and services are on the shelf uh, when the market is ready to rekindle. And then we will provide the best service we can to extend our welcome when the Chinese travelers are ready to travel.
0: When China, Japan and South Korea start reopening the borders, what will your plan and strategies be for these markets? Any innovative approach to support Britain's tourism recovery? You can maybe give an example as uh, for South Korea since you say they open somehow the borders are ready
1: yeah for the three markets i think we will adopt quite tailored but different approach in china i think when the market is ready we will absolutely need to work with the airlines to make sure that we have the right capacity to Mm -hmm. service the the pent-up demand and we would want to get as many people as possible as long as these people are able and willing to travel and ready to travel so we'll provide them with the service that they need. And we want to start the virtuous cycle as quickly as we can. So that's in China. I think uh, there is also a lot needs to be done to work with the, to support the industry, to get back on their feet. So in terms of developing products and also servicing the customer needs uh, when the market is ready to to come back. For South Korea, I think that the work is already started in that regard. I think um, we are now talking to the airlines to see if there is anything that we can do together to realize the business from the demand. And in Japan, uh, interestingly, although I said in Japan, Japan is still very much early days in terms of to restart the international travel business. But very interestingly, we've done a very interesting, very, intriguing campaign in the UK. We're very lucky to have a partnership with the Japanese post office, who was to launch a new series of poster stamps featuring the UK to commemorate this UK in Japan year. So basically they are coming up with this UK series of poster stamps featuring various points of interest, locations in the UK and culture activities in the UK. So we come up with an ingenious idea. So we've sent 100 Potokuma bears, which is the uh, mascot of the Japanese post office. So we've, we've sent 100 Potokuma bears to the UK on the British summer holiday. So <laughs> our colleagues in the UK and the uh, many representatives from the industry, they were lucky enough to have uh, the opportunity to take one bear out in the field to experience what a fantastic British holiday might look like right after the recovery of the domestic travel market. So people are able to travel. People took these bears on the road, took them to various locations, sites, attractions, etc. And then they've taken photos of the Potacoma bear enjoy a British summer holiday in various corners of the, the country. And when we treat them, we will act the Japanese post office through our accounts in Japan. And that's really gain, gained a lot of traction and publicity in the UK and throughout Japan. So, you know, I think that that's been a, a really impressive and a fun opportunity to be able to work on during the pandemic as we fight our route back to Recover.
0: Yes, that's a, a very creative and fun initiative. Very uh, kawaii, as the Japanese <laughs> will say. <Yeah. laughs> What is the profile of the traveller that may travel first after borders reopen, you believe?
1: We really hope everyone who are able and ready to travel will be travelling the soonest that they can, because the industry needs them. And in terms of future travel, the profile of future travellers, I think, you know, kind of like gravitating towards the younger generation, the more kind of uh, millennial, kind of focused demographics. But that is not saying that the older generation will stop travel. I think there are also evidence to suggest these people, the older generation, might be able to travel even more so because they want to uh, make up the time that they've lost during the pandemic. But obviously, that's going to uh, provide huge opportunity for everyone who are in the outbound or international travel business. So the, the in terms of profile, I think there is no research being done in terms of what type of demographics we will be looking at. I think it's more about how do we want to reach the audience the most cost-efficiently and then most effectively. Given the importance of the digital tools that we have, I think mm-hmm. we will be leaning towards those people who are best influenced through digital means. And also I think Because this is, uh, we are looking to the future, we have to uh, take into account of the changing behaviors due to different demographics, because people grow in different contexts, through different ages, they use different tools to acquire information, to seek inspiration, to seek reasons to travel, and then they consume information in very different ways. And then they have very different trigger points and switches uh, when it comes to travel. So we are looking into those areas. I think broadly, we would turn our target audience or the sweet spot of the the target segment would be global bus seekers. These are young or young at heart audience who are more adventurous and culturally sensitive. They are more sophisticated Mm -hmm. and discerning consumers. They know what they're doing. They're really in the know. They are the trendsetters. They are also socially very influential, very digital savvy. We want to work with these people. We want them to become the first batch of travelers. So when they travel, they can be better advocates for us to Mm -hmm. tell their stories, to retell their stories to the audience that they are connected with on social networks. So we really want to work with these people. And firstly, if we are able, then we would absolutely want to inspire these people.
0: Britain is a popular destination for Chinese travelers, whether it's for culture, history, famous universities, a luxury industry. China is set to become the highest spender in luxury goods and services in the world in just a few years' time. In your various initiatives to promote Britain, are you also putting a special focus towards the Chinese luxury consumer?
1: At the moment, we really want to welcome anyone Who's able to travel. Mm-hmm. So we very much value the importance of China market. Uh, back in 20, 2019, uh, China was the second most valuable market mm-hmm. for the UK. We received in 2019 nearly 900,000 Chinese visitors. They are big spenders. In On an individual basis, they will spend three times the world average. So that's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's very impressive. And we would love to see them uh, coming back to the UK uh, Mm -hmm. making economic contribution while having a fantastic experience to take away with them. We absolutely want to have the market to come back to us as quickly as we can. So it's now more about, you know, who is able to travel uh, the quickest because we as i said earlier we really want to start off a virtuous uh, cycle so the industry can be supported to get back on its feet and to be able to provide satisfying experiences for all the customers but obviously if the luxuries uh, the luxurious travelers are able to to join them they are more than welcome
0: Before COVID, Visit Britain recorded close to 900,000 visits from China in 2019. According to one of your China reports, it may take up to 2026 to recover this level of visitors and potentially grow the number of arrivals to over 1.2 million by 2030. In Roadmap to Recovery, do you believe that the Chinese luxury traveler is going to be seeking different experiences to the ones that are the most popular today, shopping being one of the most popular reasons to visit Britain in the past?
1: As indicative as these steps, they will continue to evolve according to the fluctuation of variables based on which these forecasts are made. So our suggestion in terms of forecast is that the market is likely to return to 2019 level around 2024. But Mm -hmm. with our interference, we hope we are able to bring about that return to 2019 level one year earlier. So that's our additional Mm. push. We're working towards that as an overall direction. And to achieve that, I think that we need to rally the whole industry behind us. So basically, we need to work with the entire industry, not just the UK tourism industry, but also the platforms, the OTAs, the conventional travel agents here in China. So we want to absolutely work with everyone, including those what we termed as novel partners in the market who are able to share data with us, who are able to provide access to new customers in the China market. And when you ask about if we believe the Chinese Luxury travelers is, is going to uh, to seek different experience. Absolutely, yes. I think the what the pandemic has taught the human race is we have to constantly evolve. And I think the tourism industry will not be the same after the pandemic. It has not undoubtedly evolved. People are looking for new experiences. People want to go back to the nature. Well being is absolutely the key point that we want to address. We want to provide safety and health, health uh, when people travel. Well-being is absolutely the focal point. So we need to evolve our product offer in that regard to make sure that we stay abreast of the latest, the trend and customer need.
0: Yes, well-being, uh, nature and Britain has a beautiful uh, countryside. Uh, so yes. definitely uh, some opportunities there as well. Yes.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are so many things that we can offer. I mean, the UK is not just, you know, excellent in terms of culture, heritage, you know, things mm-hmm. that happened in the past. We are not just a museum. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, we are also more about the future because there are so many new things that happened will point us to the new direction in terms of travel experiences. For example, many of the uh, the inspiration of travel comes from TV dramas, coming from films, coming from sporting events. Uh, you know, if we're talking about football, the new Premier League champion, you know, the Liverpool Football Club is able to provide a new episode in that regard. So people are able to visit the stadiums, to immerse themselves, immerse themselves into that experience, to re- relive their memorable moments. And when it comes to tennis now, the British player Emma Raducanu is now world preeminent player, a top player who won the U.S. Open recently. So we can package the Wimbledon, you know, kind of tennis-related touring experiences almost in a very different light. And not to mention that the new Bond series is about to hit the market hmm. later this year. So we have lots to look forward to, and we can recreate a lot of those luxurious bond style kind of travel experiences through new products. So these traveling experiences are constantly being reinvented to be able to uh, uh, stay competitive and attractive for our customers.
0: You spoke about social media. Social media has become an essential part to communicate and engage even more so with the Chinese consumer whether it's Weibo, TikTok, WeChat, using articles, photos, short videos, live streaming, or using influencers. It's hard to promote a destination or a business without it. Can you give us a few examples of a few initiatives that you successfully implemented, Travis? You spoke about uh, WeChat, Weibo, TikTok, and Redbook before.
1: Yeah, we've done some pilot projects on TikTok, for example. And the, the essence of that pilot is built around connection through people. So when people can't travel to each other, you know, to really meet people in, you know, in the physical sense, I think it's even more in, important to, to celebrate the link between us. And when I say link, it means similarities and commonalities as human beings. There are so many attachments to people, to place. To events, to activities that we share amongst different nationalities, but especially between UK and China. But we also celebrate the differences because in China we will have different lifestyle. In the UK, we visit the UK to expand of our life experiences, you know, things that we can't experience here in the UK. So it's through that celebration of commonality, similarity, and the differences, and the diverse experiences that are existed in different people, in the two people, in the two countries that we build up and forge the connection between people. So it's about reminding people what UK has to offer. It's about refresh people's perception of the UK in China. It's about trying our best to reboot and reignite the market when the market is ready. So we've done a lot of, you know, tweeting, postings, to talk about memories that people have in both countries. And we also encourage people to submit, you know, the user-generated content, like pictures or images or video, short videos, featuring various parts of different countries, but with a link, for example, people might be in, you know, invited to submit pictures featuring bridges or castles or culture relics or cultural activities, festivals, because we will celebrate these connections, these similarities, but these are also these the areas where we can reflect the differences. So it's through those similarities and differences that we bond the people. So we have one social topic to stimulate the conversation where we can bring people together. So a lot of people will be stimulated to share their experience in the UK. Oh, I've now seen this uh, photo of the UK. Now I remember what ha- I have done in the UK you know, during the similar season in the similar locations. And that really brings back my memories of Britain. And if the time is has come for me to visit, I would definitely bring my family to re- revisit that experience again. So it's that kind of, you know, experiences that we want to, we want to encourage people to share to start the conversation and continue the conversation to make sure that UK remain relevant and important for people's life.
0: And what do you think are the main challenges when starting on Chinese social media?
1: I think it's a constant challenge. Every day is a challenge <laughs> because the, the media landscape is constantly evolving. The way people acquire information, the, you know how the information are packaged, in different format. I mean, a few years back it was images, it was postings, you know, short messages, etc. But now we're very quickly moving to moving images, videos, live streaming, broadcasting, etc. Et so as an NTO, we have to adapt to ourselves to play catch up. So it's a moving target that we're trying to hit. And then, you know, there are so many restrictions in China's in terms of messaging, in terms Mm. of the images that we use, we need to remain culturally sensitive. And this also means that we need to expand our partnership. Previously, we run our own website, but very quickly, it's no longer an essential part of the customer journey. So we moved our presence. Shifted our presence from website to social media, including Weibo and WeChat. Weibo has been a fantastic broadcasting tool for us. WeChat is a lot more engaging. We can, you know, constantly link up with our target audience. But then lately, we are venturing out on Little Red Book, where people find new inspiration in a very novel way, a very lively and public way every day. Uh, you can see so many stories that have been told so many different places. POIs have been featured in a, in a very innovative fashion. We're also working on the TikTok platform, which is Douyin in China. But as a platform, there are so many different rules being introduced on a regular basis. So we just need to keep ourselves up to speed with it. And then we find it very, very challenging to keep up with the content provision because the source of the content in our case, is from London. So the stories, the content, the raw materials are produced in London, but not necessarily always adapted for the Chinese media. So we as a team in the market has the challenge, has the constant challenge to readapt them in the China context, to repurpose them, to make sure that the the stories that we tell are relevant, meaningful and important in China.
0: What is the best way to start and manage Chinese social media for a destination or tourism specialist? Do you need local expertise and support?
1: Absolutely. I mean, this is where we say, think globally and act local. Act local. <laughs> so uh, I think this is a living example of how we do these kinds of things. I think we we manage this in house. We don't have an agent. We can't afford an agent, unfortunately, during this mm. very challenging environment. So my team, they work really, really hard and they make sure that the fingers are always on the post, the ears always on the ground, making sure they get the, the latest kind of sentiment from the market. So they do news jacking uh, the best way they can. You know, for example, if there are any social events taking place, we make sure that we tell a story taking that into account and they make sure that we stay relevant and we are forward looking. For example, next year, we will have a series of royal celebration to commemorate the 70th anniversary of the royal coronation. So we have platinum jubilee to celebrate. There will be a series of royal celebration across the year, across the country. So we have lots of stories to tell, very exciting. We also have the great festival rolling out next year as well. The details is, is now being worked out. And we have also a whole plethora of festivals and cultural activities that we can talk about. We we do have a very sophisticated and well-planned out content calendar going forward. And we will be sharing that with our close partners, with commercial partners, with strategic partners, with the embassy, with British Council, with the UK industry. So everyone can play a part. We stay relevant to the market. I think many of those attempts, and those plans will not be complete if the Chinese customers don't play a part. So we would encourage people to generate their own stories and many of them I think will be chosen to help us to advocate the UK the best we can.
0: Great, very exciting. Think globally and act locally. Absolutely. (laughs) You have identified that a large portion of visitors are young. Chinese millennials and Gen Zers are already high net worth individuals. They have very different desire and expectations to their parents when they travel. They are also more informed and they usually know what they want. Do you communicate differently with them?
1: Yes and no. I think the principle is always give the customers what they want, to knowing your customer better than competition. So, I mean, in that regard, I think we will, as long as we keep ourselves on our toes, trying to satisfy them, you better than our competition using, you know, all the tools that we have at hand. Then I think we'll probably apply the same logic. But no, of course, we will be using very different tools as trying to reach these new audiences compared to the older generation. I think these people, you know, if we're talking about the millennials or the, the future generation, you know, maybe 20 years old or even in the teenagers still, I think these people are brought up in very, very different environment. They are using different tools. They're, they grew up you know, much influenced by the world of two dimensions, the cartoons, the world of marvels, mm-hmm. the video game plays such an important role. So they do need to be communicated in a very different way. They need to be engaged and ensued in a very different fashion. We have to apply those things to our advantage. So. We've already had some attempts or experiment in those regard. We are working with the gaming industries, with, with the video game players like uh, Tencent, like NetEase. We're working with them, trying to uh, to basically to bring UK elements, the destination, the those locations or point of interest into those games. So we are able to influence our future customers uh, the best way we can. We're still learning. I mean, as I said, it's it's like pretty much like trying to hit a moving target. So we need to tune in with our new audience going forward. There's no doubt that we, we will need to continue to innovate to be able to reach the new customers, the new travelers in the future.
0: Travis, you have a wealth of experience promoting Britain in China. You have good understanding of its culture as well. Could you give our audience one or two more tips on being successful in marketing their business
1: in China? Well, I'm flattered. Thank you, Joanna. <laughs> I think marketing is all about finding the trigger and switch of your target audience, your target customer, better than your competition, and you know, satisfy their need better than the competition. So first, I think you must try to understand China and its complexity and its uniqueness, respect it, but don't ever imagine or dream that you might be able to fully comprehend it. Because the advice is make sure this is a quest, a constant quest that always is there, engraved in your company's DNA and embedded in your behavior. So that's first. Second, I think always be true to yourself and be true to your brand. After all, That's what makes it, it makes you, you. So always stay true to yourself and to your brand. You know, I think that what we're trying to to achieve is to strike the balance. It's a very careful act of balance, you know, between how you reach your customer and how you maintain your own, own personality and identity. So these two, you know, if you prefer, would be my advice.
0: Thank you. Thank you for sharing your valuable advice, Travis. Before ending our conversation, I would like to ask you a few more personal questions. You can answer quickly or you can elaborate as much as you like.
1: Okay, I try my best.
0: What is the thing that you miss the most about Britain?
1: Oh, I see. If I'm in the UK now, if I had the luck to be able to go back to Britain now, I would probably pay a visit to the uh, Shoreditch area in East London, yes. just to walk down the street, just to get the vibe and, you know, just to try the street food, mm-hmm. to go into a random bar to get the, get a local beer or maybe a cocktail as a new invention of the bar and, you know, to visit some of my friends, some colleagues, some friends, I really miss them. I, you know, I. It makes such a difference face to face. I still speak to some of them uh, via video conferences and etc., emails and stuff, you know, WhatsApp. But nothing substitute a human contact. So I really want to go go out with them, you know, sample the latest, you know, trendy restaurants and bars, you know, kind of like immerse myself again, you know, it's just like the good old days. Just hang out with people, enjoy the best that London has to offer, especially. I love the vibe of East London because it's very trendy, very cool. I mean it's very happening. There are so many things that you just you're constantly trying to catch up with the latest.
0: And what is the one thing that you are thankful to have learned in the last twelve months? I think it's the
1: chance or the the privilege to be able to exercise our muscle of creativity to <laughs> to push ourselves to the limit. To test ourselves under pressure, how far we can go, how much more we can endure, and how many more creative ideas that we can push ourselves to come up with. You know, this is not just me as an individual, but as a collective team that we always put our heads together, analyze the situation, and then try to go back to, to the basic, as I always say, you know, to re, reanalyze the situation and trying to get the best out of it. And then analyze and reposition ourselves the best we can. I think we are doing a pretty good job by now. I think that we've kept ourselves very motivated. We stay very positive and we continue to persevere and we are not afraid of uncertainty as much as we were in the past. So we're trying to master the situation the best we can. So we are grateful.
0: Yes. And my last question: What is your most memorable travel experience? It can be uh, UK or globally.
1: Globally, I kind of like miss my trip to uh, to Africa. I won't name the countries, but to be able to pay a visit to Africa to see a very different world is a real privilege, and I really hope that I will have that opportunity again in the near future. To see these animals from close range, to see the whole world of of Africa, you know, because if there is one word to describe it, it is Africa. So to see the whole world of Africa unfold right before your eyes is just such an incredible, amazing experience. And I really want to relive that. And there are places that I can tell you right off the top of my head. There are exact spots that I want to visit when international travel becomes available then. And when it comes to the UK, I really want to go back to Scotland because of the history has painted the landscape in a very different color. So it adds to it, it enriched the landscape there. The natural beauty is there, but it is so much more than just the location, than the scene, than what you can see in your eyes because it resonates with the people, with the history there. It's such a special place and it's beautiful, full of stories. And then not to mention, I want to share my passion for whiskey. And if there is a place that you can enjoy whiskey to your heart's content, then it (laughs) would be Scotland. There are so many different distilleries all across Highland, Lowland, Islay, all the different places, Campbelltown, you know, you name it. There are so many different places that I would really love to pay a visit. And as a, you know, many places, even for me, would be first time. So I'm waiting for that moment to really, to enjoy Scotland to my heart's content.
0: Seems like you have your travel list ready for when borders reopen.
1: Yeah, we have <laughs> all, all the luxury of time on our side right now making plans. So I've, we've been busy making plans, not just on the work side, but also when it comes to personal travel. Correct. Holiday. Yeah, because after all, we are in the industry, We're in the holiday industry. We're trying to influence and, you know, give give the best idea to the people that we can influence.
0: That's right. Travis, it was a true pleasure speaking with you today. And thank you for being one of our luxury voices.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for the opportunity. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you, Joanna.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Luxury Voices. If you have enjoyed it, and found this episode useful. Please share it with your network, like it, rate it, and help us spread our voices. You can find information about today's voice and the podcast content in the podcast notes. Luxury Voices is a podcast curated by Infinite Luxury Group, a luxury sales marketing communication specialist based in Asia. Please tune in for the next episode. Bye for now.